everyone, Lena here. I want to welcome you to another week on the podcast. I'm pretty excited to be getting into chapter 5 um, of our study. And uh, wow, Jesus is awesome, isn't he? I hope you're pretty pumped about this study. If you are new to the series, then remember that we're just walking our way chapter by chapter through the Gospel of Mark with our goal to be to know better and more who this Jesus is. So if you already know him, I think your heart is probably swelling and saying, just tell me more about him. Take me back to those days when he was alive on this earth. And if you don't know him, maybe you're just curious, sitting on the edge of your seat, just wanting to know more. He came to the right place. I have a ministry called Living with Power Ministries. We do a whole lot of Bible teaching and Bible focus and Christ focus, and, and this is just one venue of doing that. Um, many of you know I'm a doctor, and, and, and so this concept of getting better and being healed is just right up my alley. My whole life goal is to help people get better, and I do it in the ER in a physical, tangible way. I do it through telemedicine, on the phone. All day long, I take phone calls from patients who have physical problems, and they're aching to be better, and, 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 and in the ministry that I have, that God has stewarded, or that I, that has been granted to me in this lifetime, my hope and my desire is to, uh, to, to, to just be a vessel, an instrument to give that same type of healing and hope to you. So, without further ado, let's focus on today. The title of the teaching is called Better by the Power of His touch and we're thinking about getting better and and this concept of being healed and growing and and being rooted in the lord and so and so a question for you as we started is in what area of your life is the lord challenging you to to get better it's a simple question in what area usually it's one or two areas that the holy spirit will point to and be like man you really need to revamp this area in your life and and if you don't know who the holy spirit is if you're new to to this language then really just look at your life and and where is the pain in your life is it is it your marriage or is it or is it your singleness i, I have a lot of ministry to singles and i find that no matter how you look at it single people are hurting in their singleness and i understand that and and and, and maybe it's in your um sexual baggage that you bring to the table or maybe it's in your finances that you need to just get better or, or perhaps it's it's in your job maybe you're just always running into trouble at work and and maybe it's with the authorities in your life or in your church, whatever the area in your life that God, maybe it's, it's, maybe it's in your own person and your character. Maybe I think about my life and my need to have a better conversational patterns and more patience with people and not to be so temperate, just to be a little bit more quiet and, and, and whatnot. And so, so those are things that I think we need to be asking the Lord, like in what areas you want me to get better. And, and here's an encouraging lesson today because we have hope that we can be better by the power of Christ's touch. And we see in chapter 5 of Mark, the Gospel, of Mark, this this stream of stories where Jesus, like, just basically, by the power of his touch, revolutionizes the areas that he goes to, and just just basically changes people inside and out. It's awesome. But 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 listen, the power of his touch is not welcomed by everyone. And you might be listening to this and maybe completely be mocking it. I don't know, but I'm telling you, the moment you come face to face with Jesus and the power of his touch, and you open yourself up to it, he can change you, and he wants to change you. And and you might not even realize that you need changing, but uh, but the moment the veil is removed and your eyes are opened, you'll see that. And I pray that it will happen to you. So let me read a few verses here in, in Mark chapter 5. It says, they came, they meaning that Jesus and the disciples, they had come out of the wind, the storm and the sea, and they had just seen Jesus do some awesome thing. He had stopped the wind and the wave of the power of his word. And now we come to chapter 5. It says, they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gerasenes. And when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. This guy was crazy, he was demon-possessed, people in the town didn't want to be around him. It says, he lived, this man lived among the tombs, 
And this, I know people now in 2016, they like to go to cemeteries and they make a lot of hype about Halloween and ghosts and haunted stuff. But, but most of us recognize that there's something really sinister about that. And um, I don't know about you, but if a man lived in the tombs, I wouldn't want to hang out with him. It would be like hard to be around him. I'd want to avoid him. And, and, and so anyway, it says that it was worse though because no one could bind him anymore. There was a time when maybe they could talk to him and control him, but he had become out of control. It says not even with a chain, for he had often been bound with shackles and chains, but he wrenched the chains apart and he broke the shackles in pieces. No one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always crying out and cutting himself with stones. And when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and fell down before him. I mean, clearly this man has some mental illness. Um, and, 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 I mean, he's cutting himself. He's crazy. And they don't, I don't know that they have Haldol or Ativan to give. And so, so, so for whatever it was, they just avoided him. And so this man sees Jesus from afar, and he runs and falls before him. And he says, crying out with a loud voice, he said, What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the Most High God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me. And what a reminder, you're going to see in a moment, this man was demon-possessed. And not that, by the way, not that mentally um, people who struggle with, with mental health um, issues are demon-possessed. I'm not saying that at all. But in this situation, this man was demon-possessed, and he seemed to be behaving like someone who had some mental problems. And and, and nonetheless, he, he says to Jesus, what have you to do with me? And um, for you saying to him, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And Jesus asked him, what is your name? And he replied, my name is Legion, for we are many. This man seemed like he was possessed by not one demon, but many demons. And, and the man begged Jesus earnestly, earnestly not to send him out of the country. Now a great herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him, saying, send us to the pigs, let us enter them. So here's Jesus. He's got power over the demons living in this man. We already saw him with power over illness. We already saw him with authority in his word. We already saw him with power over the winds and the waves. And now he's about to take on the demons. This is awesome. And, and you know, you and I, we run away. Hang on, I dropped my pen. We, you and I run away from the from from demonic things and, and understandably so and, and and wisely so. But Jesus, he's not afraid of demons, and and he 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 he's about to to get the demons out of this man and put him back in a place of of, of wellness. And uh, and the demons are begging him. By the way, remember that the Bible tells us that even the demons believe in Jesus. And so many people walk around saying, I don't believe in Jesus, I don't believe in Jesus. Listen, even the demons believe. The key isn't whether you believe or not. The question is, what do you do with that belief? So do you believe, you believe, you say you believe in Jesus, is he changing your life? Have you invited him into your heart? Is he the Lord of your life? See, there's more than just saying, I believe in him. And so, so of course, Jesus, in, in the passage in Mark, it says, So he gave them permission, and the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs and the herd, numbering about 2,000, rushed down the steep bank into the sea and were drowned in the sea. Bottom line, there was a big exorcism here. Jesus basically gets those demons out of the man, and it says, The herdsmen fled and told it into the city and the country, and the people came to see what it was that had happened. And they came to Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had the legion sitting there, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Now, I'm going to give you a couple of thoughts. I have a six-point outline here. Here's the first. No stronghold can stand against the power of his touch. We're talking about being better by the power of his touch. And my prayer and our goal as we go through this chapter is to identify areas in our life that we want changed, that, that maybe the Spirit of God is, is luring us and, and calling us to change. And, and He wants to change those areas. And sometimes we approach Him with skepticism and with doubt. Maybe we've been there, done that a million times before. And, and what, what, what really did, what I want you to, to see and to drive hope from is this notion that no stronghold can stand against the power of His touch. Here's this man who, even the chains could not bind him. People were afraid of him. They avoided him. And yet... 
all he did, all Jesus did was come into contact with this man. And since you might be dealing with shackles right now, you might be dealing with an area where you feel like in major captivity, like, like you just, you're completely like in bondage in that area. Listen, there's hope for you. No one, no stronghold, no cap, no, no prison can, can stand the, the power of Christ touch in your life. You just turn to Him. You just come to Him and He will unshackle you. There's a TV, uh, radio show on Moody called Unshackled. And I used to be growing up, when I was growing up, I used to hear it on the radio. And it was stories of men and women of God. You know, the program is still going on in downtown Chicago over at the Pacific Garden Mission. And, and men and women would tell their stories. And the whole theme was called Unshackled. It was such a cool, I mean, sometimes, honestly, the stories, I couldn't even listen to them. As a child, I was afraid. Like, we were so scary and dark. But then Christ would show up into people's life. And they would say how they were just saved from drug addiction, saved from sex addiction, saved from from just all kinds of things that, that we as humans go like, man, no one can overcome this. I think about even mental health issues and, and how much the burden of that. And sometimes people who are going through mental illness, I think it can be so defeating and so hard because it's like, I see it in the ER. People are constantly in the ER. Like, like every other week we see the same patients and there's a sense of futility in it. And yet I believe with all my heart that Christ is healer and that he can deliver you if you struggle with anxiety or depression or all these type of things that are a bit harder to pinpoint. You know, it's not like we can be like, here's a blood test, here's your disease, now take this pill, you're going to be better. Certainly there's a room for antidepressants that have been helpful and anti-anxiety medications that might help. But, but wouldn't it be even more awesome if you had the ability to see Jesus free you from the power of the, some of those things? And, and look, I believe that Jesus is healer. By the way, I believe he can heal you even if you have diabetes or heart disease. I mean, I think he can do anything. Now, i got to confess to you, I'm a doctor, and, and apart from my medical skills, I've never seen, well, I shouldn't say never, but it's rare that I see Jesus heal someone miraculously on the spot. I've heard reports of people who have had these healings, and I pray that he would give me the, the gift of healing. I do believe that it still exists in the church today, and I think especially in, in, in third world countries and in other countries where medical care is scarce. I, I think in the United States, we don't give room for the Holy Spirit and for Christ to heal us because we automatically run to the doctors. You should hear the calls I take for medical conditions. I mean, the people, like, my cough started an hour ago, and they call me, and they'll be like, it's only been 45 minutes, but I want something to make it go away. And I'm like, dude... You don't have anything yet. You just got a little boogers that are causing you to call. So it's interesting. What if we gave God some room to? And I'm not advocating you to like you know stay in your house completely sick as a dog. I mean I believe I'm a doctor. I mean I believe in those things. Anyway, I don't want to get caught on the tangent. Enough of that. No stronghold can stand against the power of His touch. Just remember that if you're dealing with a stronghold, there is hope even for you. Here's the second point. Not everyone will welcome the power of His touch. Isn't that what we're talking about? Even getting into this kind of discussion about about these issues. Some of you will be like, she's crazy, man. She's gone off the deep end. What's she talking about? This isn't medically sound and blah, blah, blah. You know, the truth of it is there's nothing in the Bible that everybody's going to agree with. There's not, like, there's barely anything. Even the idea that God is love, people will argue with that and they will be like, I don't believe that. I don't believe God exists. And so, so the idea that, that, um, Jesus can heal someone, and, and he did. And so where we see this play out is the people in the village. They don't want him around. They're so like, they're like, get out of our way. We don't. Why were they upset? Well, simply because they had suffered a financial loss. Because remember, the demons were spit up into 2,000. You know, Jesus got him out of the man, and then they went into 2,000 pigs. And so there was some farmer somewhere in this land who was mourning the loss of his pigs. Uh, I think you could, if you couldn't control a man who was demon-possessed by, I guarantee you that you 
you're not going to be able to control a pig who was uh, demon-possessed. And so uh, people that want Jesus there, they, they were afraid, it says. And they, they actually, in verse 17, they began to beg Jesus to depart from their region. And uh, just, just, just interesting, isn't that the truth in life, that some will just say, we, we don't want anything to do with him. Some of you might be hearing it, just be like, it's not, this is not for me. And uh, not everyone will welcome the power of his touch. And if you want to be better, um, start by welcoming the power of his touch. Here's a third thought. No fear or doubt can stop the power of his touch. Um, let me uh, read a bit more. So so basically, um, let me see here. Uh, I want to read a little bit about the man and move into the next section and, and talk a bit, a bit about the, this point, all right? And I'll review in a second. Don't worry. So it says, as, and he was getting into, so Jesus actually left. Jesus never forces himself on people. If they're like, we don't want you here, he leaves. And it says, he was getting into the boat. The man who had been possessed with demons begged him that he might be with him. And he did not permit him, but said, go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. He became a missionary it says and everyone marveled now we move into the next story and we're going to get remember how mark talks you know he's kind of a bit like me he just jumps around one topic to the next and so we move into verse 21 it says when jesus had crossed again into the boat to the other side now we're going to get a completely new angle a new picture of a new encounter and so now it's jesus and jairus who is a leader and then and then we're going to find out about a woman who's one of my favorite people in the bible so it says jesus crossed over a great crowd gathered about him and he was Beside the sea. Now, this crowd, not everyone who gathered to Jesus was a believing crowd, but they were curious. You can be curious and not believing. You can show up to church week after week and have zero faith that God, that Jesus is God. And, and that is not a good place to be. Anyway, it says, Then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and seeing him, fell at his feet and implored him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. And he went with him, and a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. And there was a woman who had had a discharge of blood for 12 years. Man, I love this. First we're dealing with mental illness, now we're dealing with physical illness. 12 years, no doctor was able to help her. Again, she needs a miracle. She needs to be made better by the power of his touch. And so she says she had spent all that she had and was no better but grew worse. She'd heard reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I touch even his garments, I will be made well. Isn't it awesome that you can just touch the hem? I'm talking about the power of his touch. I mean, she didn't even talk to him. She just touched the hem of his robe. It wasn't even his foot. It was his robe. And she had enough faith to believe. But she was afraid. You see, she's like, this is fearful faith anyway. She doesn't want to bother him, but she wants to be made well. And so she comes up to him with a fear, doubt, maybe. I don't know. And, and, and the point I want to make is that no fear or doubt can stop the power of Christ's touch. You might be afraid like her. You might be like hovering in the background, hoping nobody sees you. Maybe you come to church. You come a few minutes late. You leave a few minutes before the service is over because you don't want anyone to see you. You don't want anyone to talk to you. You are petrified, but you want to be made well. And I'm telling you, no fear or doubt can stop the power of Christ's touch and his love towards you. And and so immediately the flow of blood dried up. She touched the hem of the garment. She, she was healed. But she came to him with this broken faith. I love how God works in us despite our broken faith. And she felt in her body she was healed of her disease. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone up from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing around you, and yet you say, Who touched me? He looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, 
This is awesome because he automatically brings her into the family. He's like, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Listen, you might be afraid to come clean with the Lord. You might have doubts. You might have fears. You might have shame. In the presence of Jesus, all of that falls away. Listen, he didn't want to condemn her. He wanted to embrace her. And he wanted her to see that there was more than just being healed of a physical illness. That there was a relationship to be had that was far deeper and richer. And what Jesus was wanted to, wanted to do was give her the freedom of being called daughter. It was her faith. You say, what faith? She barely had faith to touch the hem of the knees. Like, your faith had made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. This is so awesome. Now, now as he's dealing with this woman, remember, Jairus' daughter's sick. And so, Jesus has no sense of emergency. I'd be like, hurry up! She's like, they're doing chest compressions on her. And he's like, cool it, guys, cool it. I set the pace here. And so, it says, while he was still speaking, there came from the ruler's house some who said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not fear, only believe. Again, no fear or doubt can stop the power of his touch. Uh, one other point there that I, I had, by the way, point number four. Let me give you this. I just got caught up in this do not fear, only believe. I love it every time Jesus says do not fear because I'm telling you, I can be so fearful and I want to be fearless. And I find that I am I'm growing in my ability to be sure of God no matter what. That's what I define fearlessness as. Not the lack of fear, but, but in the face of fear, to be more confident that God is good and that God is for me and that God will do what is right for me because He is on my side. And if He's on my side, who can stand against me? Romans 8 is an awesome passage. Don't you love to remember those things about the Lord? But, but, but I wanted to give you point number four. Let me, let me do this. Let me review here. Uh, we're doing good on time. First of all, was no stronghold can stand against the power of His touch. If you're dealing with a stronghold, man, you come to Jesus with it and He can heal you. Not everyone, number two, not everyone will welcome the power of His touch. Don't be skeptical. Come on. Open your heart to the Lord. Aren't you tired of living with the weight of your burden and your doubt? Number three, no fear or doubt can stop the power of His touch. And number four, nothing more than a touch of His garment can unleash the power of His touch. Think about that. The woman just touched the hem of the garment. Nothing more than a touch of His garment can unleash the power of His touch. And bam, she was healed of 12 years. No doctor could heal her. I don't know about you, but sometimes I despair and I think, man, I'll never get better in this area. I mean, I've tried and I keep trying. I'm so frustrated. And, and then I read a passage like this and I think, man, I just need to touch the hem of his robe. And and, um, and yet he's given us so much more. He's given us his whole person. And I love that. I love that. I want the Lord to heal me of those areas that still need to, to get better in my life. And, and I pray he'll do it quickly. Um, and yet if he takes his time, I'm okay with that too. And here's number five. No one can remain quiet once changed by the power of his touch. I guess those points, I, I want to just backtrack. Remember, um, oh no, this I'm not really backtracking. This is in relation to the woman. No one can remain quiet once changed by the power of his touch. Here she is. She touched the hem of the garment. She's completely changed. And, and he comes and confronts her. Who touched me? Who touched me? And you can't help but say, man, it was me. You healed me. Same thing happened to the demon at, at the... G- g- 
uh, Gerasenes, uh, where he came to Jesus and, and he, he, he just begged him. He's like, I want to come with you. And Jesus is like, no, go home and tell your friends. And he goes away and began preaching, proclaiming in the capital how much Jesus had done for him. That's back in verse 20. And we see, again, this, this overflow of, of this need to tell others about what Christ has done in our life. And if you've been made better by Jesus, I know you have. Look, there may be areas in your life that still need improvement, but look at your life. Look at all the good that God has already done. And I see all that he's changed in me. And how can we not but, but show up at work and go to family reunions and call up our friends and get on the Facebook and put these status updates and say, man, God has healed me. And I'm, I'm not where I need to be, but I'm not where I used to be. And uh, may God give us lives that are consistent enough that we can could per- persist in that in, in, in our vocality, in our in our loud proclamation of what God has done. May, may we not be called hypocrites, but may we day by day and moment by moment show others grace and live in, by grace in such a way that when we do speak of what God has done, it falls on hearts that are that are open and, and, and receptive. And, and guys, that's what we need to pray when we're going to work. I mean, I think a lot of times we forget about that. We need grace because Satan is going to attack us in those areas. When you go to work, if you've been trying to live for Christ, every bad habit you've ever done is going to come to the surface. That's how it's going to work because Satan wants nothing more than people to look at you and be like, man, we don't even believe Christ because you're so hypocritical. And, um, and so let's pray. Let's pray for grace. Let's pray for, for self-control. Let's pray for the fruits of the Spirit in our hearts and lives. And let's give ourselves to Jesus who... Um, longs to heal us as we turn to him even with our weak faith and so no one can remain quiet when changed by the power of his touch are you proclaiming the good news of jesus what he's done in your life i'm not talking about you know a a company line this is what he's done for me you know jesus died on the cross save us from our sins you know i'm not talking about memorizing abcs of the romans road i'm talking about just telling what your story what's your story i don't i don't want a three-point outline i just want to know what did god do in your life i think about my life and what I would have been and could have been if Christ wasn't in my life. And I think about some of the habits in my life that were just so, just yuck. And I, and, 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 and just turning to Jesus in faith and asking him to change me. And, you know, from envy and the fear of people and, 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 and lust. And you can name it, man. I, I mean, I think I'm impatient now. I used to be a lot worse. And, and I, I just I, I just rejoice in what God is doing. I pray he will continue his work in me. Again, we're not where we need to be, but we're not where we used to be. And so may God give us grace to grow. The, the last point is this. Not even death can overcome the power of his touch. So while he was still speaking, there came from the ruler's house someone who says, the girl's dead. They've stopped CPR. Bam, done. Jesus was overhearing them. He said, do not fear, only believe. And he allowed no one to fall except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. See, he wasn't into the showy thing. There's no need to put this on TV. I mean, this is private. And since so he came to the house of the ruler, and Jesus saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing. When he entered, he said to them, why are you making a commotion and weeping? Hey, guys, there's no need to weep when Jesus is in the room. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, listen, I know we're human in our hearts. I mean, my dad died last summer, and we all cried our fair share. But there comes a point where, where once the wound starts to heal, where we just rejoice in the fact that he is with the Lord. But in this situation, the actual incarnate living God is among them. And he's like, the child is not, and he's been going around healing everyone. I mean, if there's a chance of a resurrection, this is it. He says, the child is not dead, but sleeping. They laughed at him. He put them all outside, took the child's father and mother, those who were with him, and went in where the child was. Taking her by the hand, he said to her, Talitha Kumi, which means, little girl, I say to you, arise. I just love, love, love every time Jesus wakes somebody from the dead. Just a reminder that he is powerful even over the dead. So in this chapter, we've seen him get the demons out of the man. We've seen him 
touch the woman touches garment she's made well and now we see him first of all reach out and love to Jairus coming to heal his daughter but now when it looked hopeless Jesus is stepping in and he's like it is never hopeless when I'm in the house and he heals her he doesn't just heal her he actually raises her from the dead immediately we're told the girl got up and began walking for she was 12 years of age I love that little detail Mark's like oh by the way she was 12 it's awesome and they were immediately overcome with amazement and he strictly charged them that no one should notice and told them to give her something to eat. Again, always thoughtful of our needs. He's the Savior who fed the 5,000 because they were hungry. We're going to talk about that in the next chapter. Not even death can overcome the power of his touch. This is awesome. Hey, do you are you desperate to want to be made better? And do you, are you starting to see a pattern where Jesus is the only one who can make us better? And will you, would you be willing to overcome your skepticism and your doubt, maybe even your fear? And maybe may you just reach out to touch the hem of his garment and confess to him, what is it? Is there a stronghold today that is holding you captive? Do you, are you just hopelessly given up on the idea that you might have victory in an area of your life? Listen, it is never hopeless when Christ is in the house. Whatever looks dead in your life right now, Christ can raise it from the dead. He's the one who has the authority to speak the waves and the winds to quiet. He's the one who can speak the demons out of the demon-possessed man. He's the one who can heal a woman who's found no healing at the hand of physicians. And he's the one who can raise a daughter who everybody else has given up on. Listen, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. God is in the house. He's at work in your life. Whatever it is that you think is too big for him to handle, it's not. And so just reach out to him and tell him. Once you finish this podcast, just turn it off. And just just take three minutes. Set, it, set the alarm on your watch, on your phone. Three minutes. And just get quiet and just say, God, what is it that you're trying to change in me? And confess to him, I believe Jesus can change those areas of my life. And ask him, say, just, I give you full reign to do whatever it is that you need to get done. Get everybody else, just like they did with this girl who was in the up. Just get the people out of, get the noise out of your life. And just yield your dead dreams, your dead hopes, your dead whatever expectations over to him and say God I, I, I just I, I turn it over to you and watch what he's what he can do so that's that's all I got to, for you today we're at 25 minutes I'm going to end this got any questions for me email me lina lina at livingpower.org maybe you've got some questions about healings maybe you've got questions about demon possession or mental health illness you know again I, I'd love to answer them I'll do the best I can uh, know that you are loved and that I am just an email away so I'd love to hear from you take care